This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest and encouragement for those of you who are on the journey with Jesus Christ like we are. My name is Sister Miriam James and I am, we're well into Lent now people, actually we're almost to the end. We're getting close to Holy Week and to the end and I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host as always, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. Heather, who has risen from the dead, she's pretty much like Lazarus. Yes, uh, Heather. I'm already so, seeing the light yeah. of Easter, since I now <laughs> am not sick anymore. <laughs> that was a doozy last heart? week. I don't know if I made any coherent sense in the last podcast, but I do feel better now, so I'm on my game. And it's not five o'clock in the morning like we usually record, so I feel really good about right now. <laughs> How are you, Michelle? She's in a group of people. <laughs> I I can't even take you too seriously right now. Um, I am good. We are recording on a Friday night, which we never do because all of our schedules are um, insane this week. It's um, not because we don't have a life, okay? We totally have a life. Like, I could totally be doing... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's usually because Michelle's at the club, right? So we can never get her. That's why we don't record on Friday nights. Seriously. Yeah, it's club night me. for Michelle. Yeah, those six kids clubbing, wow, every single night. But actually, I texted them saying, okay, I know I love you because I'm missing Auburn playing in March Madness right now to record Aww. your podcast. Aww. So that is my wow. love language. So you could all just pray that my team wins while we're recording, and that would be nice. Um, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get on it. Wow, Michelle. I feel we'll really it, so loved right now. Oh, thank you. You should. And so, and I think Sister is a little tired because she's a little punchy, a punchier <laughs> than usual. She's a little loopy. <laughs> I am. It's been a long week. Been a long, beautiful week. I've been on the road, people, for several weeks already. And so, but I was just at a healing retreat this week, helping out, and it was wonderful and beautiful. And I went for a very long walk, and now I'm very tired. So. My pillow is calling to me. I can hear the the, the siren call of the pillow. So I hope it doesn't win out in the next 30 minutes. <laughs> yes. Oh. So we, uh, we hope we don't, we don't put you to sleep either, sister. We're so sorry. I know. You hear like Pressure's a gentle on. snoring. Pressure's on, Carry Michelle. On. We have to be totally captivating. Really? You know, I'm trying not to take this personally if she falls asleep on us. Okay. Anyway. Oh. Dilly dilly. Okay. Here we go. Uh, so we're going to... So we've come to the chapter, which is very apropos, on brokenness, and we're going to take the quote that um, Henry mentions, which is very beautiful. He says, the first step to healing is not a step away from the pain, but a step toward it. And I don't know about you ladies, when I first started to read this chapter, I mean, of course, it fits so much of our own, you know, just stories and kind of what we speak often, but wasn't it hard to read? I do have to admit, I'm like, oh man, here we are with with the... you know, given and the blessing. And now we're going to talk about our brokenness. And it just, it it was so honest and so real that it's kind of hard to even read at times because I think there's different parts of it that speak to all of us. So I'm part part of me wanted to take a step away from this chapter. I'm like, Oh, not Mm -hmm. this. Right. Mm -hmm. But Heather, what did you think when you read through it? I mean, it's, it's beautiful, but it's also painful too. Cause don't we know that? Yeah. Initially I was like, do I have to read this chapter? You know, which may be why I was reading the last page, uh, just moments before we started recording, (laughs) took me a little bit to get through it. Um, but everything that he said in here, 
was so beautiful. I mean, really, there was so many things that I read that I was like, and it's true. It's so true. Every time he would say something profound and I was like, that is so true. And I believe it with my whole heart. And um, I actually really ended up enjoying this chapter quite a bit. And I think it's inevitable. It's like life. You can't avoid it. It is a part of, of life. It's usually smack dab right in the middle of everything like it is in this book. So uh, I'm actually looking forward to this conversation. How about you, Michelle? I thought this chapter was very apropos for what all of us have been going through the last week. Um, Sister and Heather and I keep in contact, usually via text, but, um, you know, throughout the week. And I've talked to Heather a couple times this week, but it's been, um, yeah, full on for all three. There's been lots of tears. There's been lots of tears this week. On everybody's behalf. Yeah. Yeah. There have been lots of tears, lots of crying, a lot of um, all of that. So I was like, Lord, you're really making us live this brokenness thing um, before Mm -hmm. we talk about it. But Henry Nowen just is, like I said many times, it's simply profound, his words and how he approaches the subject. It was just like a bomb to my soul reading it um, last couple of days. I just... um, yeah, I love it. Like I love the rest of the book, but this chapter especially gripped my heart in a way that the others have not. And like Sister said, the other ones were like, oh, they're like a feel good kind of one. And this one was like, okay, let me just grip your heart and hold on and don't let go because this is something you really need to get here. Um, just how we approach brokenness, how I view brokenness, and um, what the Lord is doing in and through our own individual unique brokenness. So yeah, it was a good chapter. Yeah, very good. And he has so much in there. And he talks about really about a brokenness being very particular to each one of us. And he says, the way I'm broken tells you something unique about me. The way you are broken tells me something unique about you. And this is the reason for my feeling very privileged when you freely share some of your deep pain with me. And that is why it is an expression of my trust in you when I disclose to you something of my vulnerable side, which we've talked a lot about vulnerability. And Hmm. it's really true. I mean, I think it's a cliched saying that, you know, you can never say, oh, I totally understand to somebody because we really don't. And we can can understand, we can empathize and we can sympathize and we can hear one another's hearts. But there is something which is really interesting to think of as your blessedness and your chosenness is particular to you. So is your experience, your, your, your particular experience of brokenness, which was fascinating to think of really, honestly, I don't think of it like that. Cause you know, we share stories and so many people have similar aspects to our stories, but when you think about it, really nobody suffers or nobody has the same brokenness even, which is interesting to think of. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. And I think for a long time, it kept me from pursuing healing in some ways because Uh, There's so many things in my life that are good. Um, I have had significant areas of woundedness and brokenness in my past. But when I compared it to other people, you know, in different parts of the world who are like deeply suffering every day and starving and, you know, all this stuff, I just thought, wow, I have nothing to complain about. So I'm just not even going to look at it. And um, it, it wasn't, you know, too long into that kind of mentality that the Lord really revealed to me that I can't compare my brokenness to another person's. For me, this is my pain. And he wants wants to heal me. He's not comparing my brokenness to somebody else's and going, yeah, Heather, really pull it together. You know, he's looking at me as his beloved daughter saying, Heather, I want to heal you. I want to bring freedom to you. I want to bring, um, you know, release to the captive places in you. I want to restore you. I want you to live the abundant life that I have for you. And this is your, you are not fully alive right now. And, um, it was that invitation that really propelled me into seeking out healing from him in my life. And that was good. It was hard. 
and it is hard right now <laughs> as I'm still delving into different areas. Um, but it's good because I think that as much as our pain is unique to each person, that allows God to to reveal himself in a unique way through our brokenness as he heals us and has, as he restores us, that those parts of our story become an opportunity for his glory to be shown. So in a unique way. Michelle, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think um, I had never wrapped my mind around, you know, that our uh, brokenness is just as unique as our belovedness and our chosenness, that they all go together. Like, I didn't think about that at all. And like you said, you can't compare someone else's pain to another one. And we totally do that. We're like, well, they've really been through some serious trauma. So, you know, I need to bucket up soldier or move on. Or, you know, like, or you've had people around you like, well, I've had a really good life. So really, you know, I don't, you know, I have nothing to look at. But that it's so unique to our chosenness and our belovedness just tells me the way that he redeems us and the story that he has for our life, you know, comes through our brokenness, the way his glory shines through, you know, and that is so unique. Um, and I just took it as um, I like a story, you know, like each hero goes through a different story and each hero goes through a different um, crisis of belief and each hero goes through different times that they get knocked down. But how that hero comes back and how they break through and how it's redeemed. You know, we all love a comeback story and we all love a redemption story. And our stories all look different, but they're just as beautiful and just as unique and um, just as captivating, you know. Um, But that how personal God is, that he comes after the one sheep, you know, and puts them on his shoulders to carry him back into the fold. You know, that's how he is with us. And it's unique and it's beautiful and it's personal and it's and it's good. What about you, sister? Well, I think it's true, the comparison, like we compare ourselves and our giftedness to others. It's very, like you're both saying, very easy to compare ourselves and our brokenness. And he has a couple great quotes when he says, in the Western world, the suffering that seems to be the most painful is that of feeling rejected, ignored, despised, and left alone. And don't we know that? And he has a very beautiful kind of soliloquy on suffering and sexuality of how that deep, beautiful communion to be, he says, to be touched, to be embraced, to be safely held, to belong, the deepest longings of our heart and this this concrete sign of oneness, a search for oneness and for communion. And it's very true, just the brokenness in our masculinity and femininity where we desire that beautiful communion, which is such an ache. You know, it's an ache. There's, There's a both and to it. And many times what we do is we end up searching for it in ways that are unhealthy and that break us even more but like that deep desire for communion and not to be afraid of that and I think that's part of where you know he's going to talk about later of how to deal with brokenness is not to run from it but to face it head on and befriend it and to really when those desires come or when we find our brokenness there and he says it is where we are most needy and vulnerable that we experience our brokenness where we find those areas that are needy and vulnerable whatever they may be telling us or whatever they're yearning for is to really look at those, especially with Christ and to really go delve deeply into that and to talk about that to him. And I just had an experience recently where I just kind of felt like my heart got broken. And I, I was, I'm not joking people like this is my life for real. I was standing in the bathroom stall, standing there crying with it in the bathroom stall. And I'm like, Jesus, can you just hug me? Like, just hug me. (laughs) You know, we have to go to the bathroom and hide out and cry. And that was me. And I'm like, we've all been there sister. And I just, what do you do? Like, I just, I just needed the Lord to hug me like deep in my heart. And I, I, you know, you don't know what, I don't know. I didn't know how to fix the situation. I didn't know how to do it. And I, 
you know, so I think in the past I would have run away and said, oh, I can, I can deal with this. But just, just in a flat out moment of honesty, like I just needed God to give me a hug. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I was doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's those moments where we're able to really bring it to him. I think often with our brokenness, we either hide it because we're ashamed of it or we dismiss it and go, that happened a long time ago. Who cares that, you know, I'm an adult now. I just need to grow up and get over it. That kind of idea. Um, and, and in both of those situations, we're not inviting God to save us, you know, ultimately, like we're trying to save ourselves or we're trying to bury it. And we all know that the times that we've avoided our own pain and brokenness has never brought about the fruit that we wanted. It doesn't go away. It, it will come out in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. It will. And the beauty of it is that we do have a savior. You know, Jesus came and died for us so that we could be united with him forever. Not He didn't come so that we could reveal our brokenness and he could shame us or he could despise us or, you know, make us feel terrible about it. He came to save us so that we could be deeply united with him. And, you know, we hear that, that famous line um, as we come into Easter, the oh, happy fault which won for us so great a savior. And in some ways we need to apply that to our own brokenness as we bring it into the light, as Henry Nouwen talks about bringing it under the blessing, that it allows God to redeem us. It allows us to come to him and say, I, I need you. I need you to save me, God. And then it's in those places that he can reveal his power, his glory, and his deep, deep love for us. I would say I've never felt more loved by God than in those deep places of my brokenness because he cares so deeply for me there. And that's the place where I, I most need him, where no one else can go into those places. Um, he can, you know, and can bring a sense of comfort and, and peace like no other. It's interesting. Uh, we were having a conversation before we, um, some people were here on my front porch and we were having a conversation about this chapter and just things that are going on in their lives before we started recording. And um, I was just telling uh, my husband Chris and I were talking because last week was just a doozy for me. Like, um, like I just had a situation and, um, yeah, I completely melted down. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like I completely fell apart and melted down and my reaction did not meet the situation. There was something deeper that was totally going on that God was putting his finger on. And of course the next day I have counseling. So, you know, see, I'm doing research for our podcast. Like, so, you know, here I am living in the brokenness here. And it was so interesting how Chris, my husband, handled the situation because um, it didn't have to do with him. But when I melted down, it was like in front of him. And he came to me later. And just our interaction together was really great. And it was one of the first times in our marriage. And I was telling, actually, I had counseling today, too. See, more research for the podcast for you all. But, <laughs> Thanks, um, Michelle. Thank you. I'll take you one for the team. But um, I was telling the our counselor today... I couldn't be in a place until I was this age, this spirituality, this maturity, and this place in my marriage to really look at some of this stuff, you know, and it was like core foundational stuff. I didn't have a safe environment to do that yet. You know, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the maturity. I didn't have the spirituality to really look and meet the Savior in this place. And I was telling one of my dear friends, Gretchen, about it last week, just about me melting down. And she was very much comic relief in the situation and just telling her how good Chris was with it. And she said, he came for you, you know, like this, like, you know, and she was reading a reflection. She was doing the blessed as she lit in journal. It was a Samaritan woman that day. And she was like, like, he comes for the Samaritan woman. Chris came for you. 
but I, we were talking about it. it was an interesting time. Chris came for me, and he was a soft place to land. But this is one of the first times that I came to him, and I was doesn't like fix it or make it all better. It was just, he was a soft place for to land for me, which he majority of the time always is. But my expectation of him was different. My expectation was of just be a soft place to land and walk with me through this, and don't fix it. Um, and allow, and I leaned on God's strength and I went to God instead with Chris with me instead of looking to Chris being like, all right, make it all better. What do I do? You know, and it was just like a real switch in me, you know, but it also brought about a deeper intimacy in our marriage. But more importantly, it brought about a deeper intimacy with the Lord this week. You know, I got to see him as a savior in a different way. I got to experience his redemption. And um, and he just keeps on reminding me, like, hey, there's only one person that's truly um, divine and truly human, 100%, and that's not you. So there's always going to be brokenness to your life, because I think a lot of us are like, okay, Lord, that we walk with the Lord for a long time or, you know, several years. You're like, again, there's more. Are you kidding me? You know, like will I ever be done on this journey? The answer is no, you will not because you're not fully divine. So, um, but in those sweet seasons, because brokenness is part of our human condition on the side of heaven, um, when we lean in and as Henry Nouwen says, I love that word befriending it, that our brokenness is something to befriend because it draws us closer to him. And I just experienced him in a sweeter way um, this week, Jesus, than I have, you know, in a long time. You get to see different parts of him because he meets you where you are and he comes to you. And um, yeah, it was just powerful. Which is really something that we have to have at the forefront of our mind. You know, what's the goal? We don't dive into the depths of our brokenness so that we can feel terrible about ourselves and and just sit in misery. We delve into it because we know that God can heal and restore and that he desires to. And if we don't have that goal in mind, that deeper intimacy and union and wholeness come through addressing our pain, um, then why would we do it? We, we wouldn't. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to do it, you know? So that's when we're going to want to just settle for something less than, you know, which I hear you saying, Michelle, is that even in going to Chris before, it's almost like that's where you would want to stop, right? It's like, yeah. you just want to receive what Chris can give you instead of Chris being an avenue that you can go through to meet Jesus in a deeper way. And I think we do that with a lot of things. We can use counseling that way. I, I think counseling is wonderful. I too have been going to counseling again, and but it can stop there, you know, or it can be a means for me to deeper engage with Christ and for Christ to use that avenue to heal me. So I think that's something we have to be aware of that we will bring our brokenness somewhere. We're going to either bring it to a person, to food, to alcohol, to what, whatever it might, our Netflix, status, yeah. Netflix, whatever it might be so that we can numb out or try to um, feed the hole that's there. Um, or we can go to Jesus who truly can transform, you know. What are your thoughts, sister? Dude, amen to both of you. Oh, so true. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that's part of bringing the brokenness under the blessing, as Henry will go on to say, that it's, um, it refines us, it purifies us, that it's not the end of our story, that it's, you know, how he talks about how often we say, why? Like, why is this happening to me? Why is it always me? See, look, nobody loves me. And, and, you know, I remember uh, my spiritual director saying, you know, Sister Miriam, the, the, the mature person, and maybe I already said this before, but he said the mature person, you know, it's very natural to say why. Why is this happening? Especially when things happen that we didn't see coming or things that are really unjust. That's a, a very natural thing. But 
he said the, mat- the spiritually mature person doesn't ask why as much as the spiritually mature person asks, how will I respond? Mm. You know, how will I respond? And so in every moment, like, you know, we were talking about this, like, you know, things that have all happened to us recently. It just, I too had an experience where it just, my reaction was way, it just, it was a lot deeper. I knew it. I'm like, oh, I'm reacting to this, but this is something deeper. And I so wanted to blame the person. I did. <laughs> like, I wanted to blame the heck out of that person for just ruining my whole day. Um, but then the Holy Spirit was like, you know, let's not, let's, let's go deeper. Let's, let's, let's not stop there. And so really was just Jesus's gentle way of showing me that my home, like we talk about, I love that you're both talking about safety because it is true. We only heal from what we feel safe to heal from. And we're not, because we see continual brokenness in us does not mean we're failures. My dear friends, I can't tell you how many times people say, Oh my gosh, I thought you were healed already. How can we keep talking about this? And, and life CS Lewis says our, in his book, the problem of pain, we're a masterpiece. And God is continually refining us. You know, he says we're, we are in very truth a masterpiece, something with which God is making and something with which he will not be satisfied until it has a certain character. So he's, he works on our attachments. He works on the ways that our hearts are closed. He, he works on the ways that our love is very shallow. And I, I could just see, even though I know I have a lot more to process with a certain thing, that God's really working on my home is in him. That's where my home is. And that's where my safety is. And that's what intimacy is, is where your home is, right? So it, it's very true, you know, that this whole thing is God's calling us to himself. He's calling us home. Mm-hmm. He's calling us home. And what a beautiful thing that God wants to use everything to bring us to him. Everything, even the horrible things. Like that's where he flips everything on its head, where it's like death, where is your sting? You know, hell, where is your victory? Like even in the worst possible scenarios, that is not the end um, because he works all things for good for those who love him. And I love this part on page 99 where he says, just as athletes who experience great pain as they run the race, can at the same time taste the joy of knowing that they are coming closer to their goal, so also can the beloved experience suffering as a way to deeper communion for which they yearn. Here, joy and sorrow are no longer each other's opposites, but they become the two sides of the same desire to grow to the fullness of the beloved. And I, I mean, that Amen, for me was, dude. that was, that was major. When I read that, I was like, that is so true. If we let it, if we let our pain and our brokenness uh, become an avenue to become deeper in union with God, then it can, you know, like this is what God does. Everything in the kingdom is flipped on its head where when you lose your life, you find it. And even in your brokenness, you can find new life there as well. Um, so I love what you were saying, sister, because absolutely, I agree. Awesome. Mm. And I know Brene Brown says, I mean, a lot of times in her work, she always says, if you numb the pain, you numb the beauty and you numb the joy. Like you cannot um, self, like, yeah, you cannot selectively numb what you're going to do. And just even this week experiencing that, like once you befriend it, and as Henry Nowen says, come under the blessing of it. It's almost like you start to feel and you start, for me, like it was a feeling like I was waking up, you know, and I was reading, um, I even posted it, I think on one of my social medias this week, I was reading C.S. Lewis to one of the kids and, um, you know, and it was, says, you know, Lucy woke up out of the deepest sleep you can imagine with the feeling that the boy she liked best in the world had been calling her name. Ooh, I and love that. It was just how I felt this week because he was so close, but I had to lean in and walk through that to me. And he was right there to meet me. And it's like, I could hear his name. 
I mean, hear him call my name in a deeper way, in a more intimate way. But it's that name, you know, the voice that you love to hear the most when he's that close and um, you experience him. But like you said, it's joy and pain, the same side, the same coin, different sides, just living through it, you know, coming. But you have to go through it. You can't stop. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I think when we do allow God to to go into those places, you know, that's really when we begin to experience the full life, the mm-hmm. life that he intends for us. Um, and I love that Henry Nouwen talks about, like, the more that we befriend it and bring it under the blessing, it doesn't make it less painful. You know, it actually makes us how deeply aware um, that it's unrealistic for our wounds to vanish. You know, and I think that we often want that. We want the quick fix. We want something that's just going to take it away, <coughs> you know, right now. Um, but that's not how God works. No, he's certainly etching, you know, he's etching, you know, beautiful facets in our souls that make us exquisite, that just make us glorious. And, and they're etched in joy and sorrow. And, you know, if I, I think all of us, if you can think of any wise person that you know in your life, anybody who's truly wise they have a lot of great gifts, but they've suffered a heck of a lot too. <laughs> and that's why you trust them is they, they know how to live life. They know, you know, that the ins and outs of it and they haven't run from it or if they've learned from their mistakes and they're still on the journey as well. And it, that's the truth of, of the beauty of humanity, this side of heaven, right? It's the etchings, the etchings that make for beautiful, a beautiful masterpiece. And, and we each have our own particular etchings and they're glorious unto our own story. And every single one is necessary. Every single one. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said. You know, sometimes we can go the opposite direction with our pain and our woundedness. Like we can look so internally that we lose sight of Jesus and where he is. You know, it's like we're so focused on our pain or our healing or our restoration that we actually are just looking at ourselves. We're not looking at Jesus anymore. And I think that that is so important to remember that as we journey through um, our pain, to remember that our eyes have to be fixed on Jesus. They have to be fixed on the one who saves um, and not ourselves and not our pain, you know? So there's this balance that has to be found, like not being dismissive of our pain, yet not allowing it to become so big that we can't even see Jesus anymore. And I've realized that most things not being a quick fix, there's layers to it. Like you were talking about, sister, like in this masterpiece, I've seen it like a puzzle that sometimes I'll say, I've already dealt with this before, God, like, didn't we already deal with this? And it's like, well, this isn't the same piece of the puzzle, but it's touching that piece. And it might look similar, but it's not the same piece. And God wants to heal the whole picture, not just you know, the, the different parts that we choose or think are okay, you know. Yeah, it's true in what you're saying is you're not, you're saying, I love that he, he, he identified the belovedness first because that's our identity. So we're not letting our brokenness be our identity. Brokenness is not our identity. Belovedness is our identity. And so that's how we continually bring the brokenness into the blessing is we, we bring it into the light of God and we're remembering who we are in the light of God, that at the deepest core of who we are, that nothing can ever take away the fact that we're beloved mm-hmm. and that's who we are. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's a good place to stop right there. (laughs) Amen. So, ladies, do we have a one thing for the week for our fabulous listeners? Michelle, I would love to hear your one thing. She is is the one thing. We should just make Michelle our one thing. (laughs) (laughs) My one thing is... um, Our good friend, my good friend, Mary Williams, she is great. Um, She has 
I think her Instagram handle is created to love, but she's the one that did the examine journal under the Ignatius um, exercises that we love. But she is also doing a um, series called Behold, following the eight days after Easter. And um, I will put the link up just a real... Um, just a simple prayer way to pray through those eight days after Easter, because we a lot of times think like, okay, Lent's over, party on, let's go. But there's so much more, you know, that's a powerful season in the church. It's a powerful season to experience resurrection power. And um, it's just a great resource um, called Behold. And I have a second one thing because I'm not going to follow the rules and Heather oh. can't even figure out what she's going to do. So, um, <laughs> Bind time, Heather, Bind time. Again. <laughs> Totally. But one of the ladies that is in our um, Abiding Together Life of the Beloved book study put this quote, Jessica put this quote from Brendan Manning, and I just loved it about being the beloved. And it says, when I am aware of my belovedness, I am more compassionate and playful. I take myself less seriously. I become aware that the breath of the Father is on my face and that my countenance is bright with laughter in the midst of an adventure I thoroughly enjoy. Um, that's a great quote girl thanks jessica for sharing that so sister what is your one thing well my one thing is a song that somebody shared on the retreat this week and she was sharing a story she was at starbucks and just kind of feeling down and she just had a random spotify playlist on and the song came on uh that spoke directly to her heart and it's a it's by an artist and i'm not saying this because i'm tired but the artist is called sleeping at last (laughs) (laughs) and and the song is called i'll keep you safe And, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, I was mesmerized when I first heard it because it's such the heart of Christ for us. And especially in everything that we just talked about of like how he desires to keep our hearts safe, you know, whether it's winter or spring, whatever's happening in our life that we don't have to fear because he's always going to be with us and he's going to keep our hearts safe. He's never going to hurt us. So I'll share that with our listeners. Um, The song is called I'll Keep You Safe by Sleeping At Last. It was very beautiful. Mm. Very nice. Um, mine is also a song. Um, surprise, it's surprise. by Hillsong. I know, I know. It's by Hillsong, and I keep going back to this song. Every time I put on their album, I just keep playing. Well, there's a couple. Okay, I'm going to break the rules, too. Okay, there's two songs that I just keep going back to. One of them is called Closer Than You Know, which I I just love that song. And then the other one is called Here Now. Um and they're both beautiful songs. And so I'm just going to throw up the videos uh, on our website when we're done. And hopefully you all will enjoy those songs as well. Mm, amen. Well, dear listeners, thank you very much for joining us this week. If you liked our episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. If you click on the image for the episode, you'll find wonderful discussion questions, journaling questions, and you can leave us a review, give us a rating, and leave us an email if you want. We enjoy hearing from you. And until next time, you are the beloved. You are the beloved. And brokenness is part of the story, but the deepest part is that you're belovedness. So until we meet again, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.